seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the By Limit Celtic podcast, the daily By Limit Celtic podcast. My name is Lawrence Donegan and I'm joined today, as I'm joined every day, by my good pals, Mr. Paul Thompson and Remy McSwain. How are you doing, Remy? I'm uh, pretty good, Lawrence. Uh, good to speak, to, good to, for you to deign to speak to us after your celebrity-strewn day. Oh, I, well, not not quite. I mean, not quite. I mean, there's, there's one... A mission from my celebrity strewn day, by the looks of it. I bet Paul, Paul will be on in a minute. <laughs> Paul, how you doing, pal? I'm, I'm, I'm brilliant, actually. Really, really chuffed because I, I was reading Tim Burgess's timeline there just before I came on, and <laughs> to hear to hear that you've relented and you're now going to do rattlesnakes on the, the the listening party. That's that's great news, Lawrence. When are you doing it? What What are you talking about? Is there a <laughs> is there a is there a listening party? <laughs> Oh, oh, oh wait! I'm just I'm rereading this. It's, it's Lloyd and Neil that are doing it. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, breaking to you. The two important commotions are doing it. They've got the talent on. The uh, well, hang on a minute. Let me just. I need. Can I just? Leave, I just need to go polish my gold discs for a minute. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not to worry. So Tim Burgess. Uh, the great Tim Burns is doing a good. Um, it's pr- it's pretty good, Paul, isn't it? Has is it? What is it? A Twitter series of listeners. I I basically they're just doing it ten o'clock every night. Different different classic album and the original artists are, are tweeting it out. And uh, as I say, I think we've got Rattlesnakes coming up in a couple of weeks, so that should be good. Uh, what what's been on so far? Uh, last week we had uh, who were on last week? Ride were on. Charlotte were on. Prince Ferdinand were on. Stuart's doing it this week, I think, uh, and Edwin's doing it next week really? with the first album. So, uh, so are doing, doing it. it. New Order are doing Power Corruption and Lies. So uh, it's, a, it's a fair good lineup. That's great. Uh, I see big big developments on the uh, on the block gate. Uh, apparently, have been unblocked by Lloyd Cole, but um, but as I say, the twist in the tail, I blocked him. There you go. So that'll get it right off him. <laughs> So you missed your invite then? Uh, nobody will ever accuse me of not being juvenile. Here, uh, before we go, uh, not much, I think, of all the news days, I think this might be the thinnest of the lot, but we'll come to that in a minute. Before we go any further, uh, Paul, uh, last week you launched uh, the Daily Podcast uh, GoFundMe page. Uh, all the money, every single penny, uh, goes to the Celtic Foundation. Unbelievable response, uh, really, honestly. So if you've donated, thank you so much it's uh incredibly uh so that's not the right way to put it but it is really really appreciated by us and i'm sure it'll be really really appreciated by the foundation uh, i know they're doing a lot of great work and i know a lot of people a lot of people listen to us are, do, are helping them and their great work uh this is uh the podcast uh small contribution to that uh if you've donated thank you again we thought we'd uh i think this might be the last this generally might be the last week of the dailies uh, i think Although we haven't heard from Harry Brady official word, but I, I, I just sen- I sense I don't know. Do you sense there's uh, there's something brewing, Paul, in terms of the league? It seems, uh, it seems seems like we're moving towards a, a 
a decision point. Uh, it's taken us a while to get. I know we've been talking about this for a number of weeks now, but the between the kind of governing bodies, noises that are coming out, and the individual clubs in Scotland certainly are are crying out for a decision. So yeah, it kind of feels like it, it might be this week. So Harry's champions by Friday. You know, he might be right at some point. Um, he might, they might, he might be right one Friday. Anyway, uh, so uh, as I say, this will probably be our last week. We'll, we'll go back to our normal schedule after that. Uh, <laughs> once every two months. <laughs> no, no, no chance. We'll take so, the money and run. <laughs> here, can I? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we'll take the money and run. Uh, no, the so I thought. Well, we thought that we could maybe. Uh, we'll call the the GoFundMe. We'll finish it on Friday. So uh, we might kind of up the uh, old pressure over the next few days. Uh, again, we appreciate this is tough times for everybody. Uh, and if you've got a couple of quid uh, you can afford to throw in the, in the pot, that'd be great. If you don't, that's great as well. Uh, but we'll finish it on Friday. And I think, he doesn't know it yet, but hopefully we can have uh, Tony Hamilton on on Friday, The who runs the, what's Tony's official title, Paul? He's the chief executive of the Celtic FC Foundation. Certainly, uh, I, I was texting him this morning about about where we were up to, and of course, he's absolutely delighted with that. But he, he was he was very happy to come on. So we'll just get out of range over the next few days, and hopefully get him on as you say at the end of the week, Lord. Right. And he can so, tell us what they're, what they're up to. Uh, so that's Friday. So the podcast fundraiser will end on Friday, uh, and we'll leave it at that. You'll see the occasional reminder on the. Uh, on the Twitter feed. Uh, straight to the news, hot news, straight off the presses. Uh, Lee Griffiths has done a Q&A on Instagram. Uh, Rem, who's, who do you think, he was asked, who's your football hero? Who, who do you think he said? Messi? Ronaldo? Fat Ronaldo? Uh, uh, I'll go for a mad shagger. It'll be somebody like uh, Wayne Rooney? No. Paul? No. Lee Griffiths? All right. Uh, he's uh, you, you can take the boy <laughs> you can take the boy to Edinburgh so I, I'd imagine it's, it's one of the uh, one of the dafties uh, <laughs> that the, the were there when he was a boy so uh, I'll, I'll go for Ryan then because you, you mentioned that one earlier <laughs> could have been, could have been uh, Gary, o- Gary O'Connor or uh, is it Gary O'Connor aye and, uh, Aye, Gary, Gary O'Connor and Ryder were the two daftest, but there was a, there was a few of them in that, uh, Scott Brown included, from memory. But, well, I mean, that just that Hibs team, that generation of Hibs players, was phenomenal. I mean, as a Hibs fan, you must you must look back fondly on that generation. Uh, no, <laughs> but, but they were actually uh, they were they were quite good, and they, they probably cost us the league in two thousand and five. Oh, explain! I've forgotten that, obviously. He is, he is at Celtic Park. Did he? The oh, week right. after Ibrox. We'd have won that, we'd have won the league. Right. And and then they reenacted the Austria Germany World Cup game for the, the second yeah. half of their, their game in the, yeah. against the Huns in the last day. So I think that was more likely it cost us. Uh, I've got a mate who insists that Tony Mowbray should never have seen the inside of Celtic Park. Certainly never mind his manager after what he did that day, but that's another story for another day. Uh, did Hibs just need a point for something? Europe or something? No, they only had to lose one nil, and uh, they only had to win. Well, assuming we drew it for Park, and uh, they just played out a, a nothing game because it suited both at that time. Um, but John Park was a—he was a chief scout at the time, wasn't he? 
believe so. I believe so. I, it, was, it was part of getting brought in most of those players from memory uh, before John Collins arrived and upset them all. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Was that the one where he took these, t- you know, look at these? He took out his Aye, yeah. had his six pack out. Well, allegedly. He's dancing, dancing pecs. Yeah, the, um, I think some of the players had a different six pack out. The, um, the, in terms of Celtic news, a very, very quiet day. Um, the social media, well, the, the Lee, uh, Lee Griffiths uh, Q&A, uh, Christopher Iyer did the old uh, treble treble challenge. Didn't look very elegant to me, Rem. But, I mean, you're a you're a better judge of a football player than I am, but it didn't look very uh, didn't look very smooth. Uh, if you think I'm going to watch professional football players playing keepy uppy, you have another thing coming, Paul. I did see it. It was uh, it was like watching a a juggling giraffe, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> it, 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 I think, yeah, keep you up is maybe not his talent. I, I, they should have touched had him slight tack, slight across the deck and also, and that would have been Maury's Maury's thing. The uh, I tell you what, couldn't have fjord it. Couldn't have fjord it. Very good, Remy. Um, oh. The uh, the other news again we don't get it over here. Rem, you you're the uh, specialist in this. Apparently, uh, the net there's some show called The Nest uh, back home, starring Ma- Martin celebrity Tim Martin Compton. Uh, Compton even. Compton, I sorry, Compton. Martin Compton. Uh, what's is this caused? Is people mad about this or happy about this or what, what's happened? I'm, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a few huns put their boot through the telly because he's. Uh, He's um, he's gone the full Tim in it. <laughs> uh, posters on the wall, family posters on the wall. He, he mentions Celtic at meetings, and then he topped it last night by strolling along the beach in the old '67 European uh, hoops. So he's definitely not the baddie in it. I think we can safe, safely say, but uh, quite an impressive display of Timness, to be honest, in the network telly. Uh, I've never even seen Line of Duty, although I, I, I noticed last night it's on, it's on American TV now. So I need to. That's him, isn't well, it? Well, like he's in that, but he's, he's not using his natural accent. But uh, Line of Duty's actually really good. Apart the last series was crap, but uh, hopefully they've fixed it. And here's a bit of trivia that no, very, very few people will know this about me. My ex wife is in series three of Line of Duty. Ooh. Sadly, he's not playing the dead body, but she is in it. That's 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 wheel tappers and shunter stuff. Take my wife, please. I mean, right? Yes, uh, Jamaica. No, she was uh, she was in it because it's all filmed in Belfast. Although it's supposed to be the Midlands of England, and she got a job as an extra in it. Um. Anyway, uh, the only other bit of news. Uh, spotted by Paul, some story. I think it was in a Leicester Mercury. It was a weird story, Paul, wasn't it? The uh, Leicester facing a challenge for their right. their um, their uh, signing of Edward. It was almost like a fate accompli. It had all been signed, sealed, and delivered. And lo and behold, up pop Arsenal to get in the way of Brendan's party. Um, well, that sounds like Brendan, doesn't it? You'd imagine he'll have a kind of local journalist. Or local newspaper like that eating out their hands in terms of his relationship with them. So uh, I am sure he's getting his, his stories right for for the close season, whenever that may be. But yeah, tug, tug of war apparently with Arsenal. They tell us. 
I um just knowing a little bit how the you know how the cake is made and these kind of things, I'm slightly concerned about the uptick in Edward to Club X or Club Y. Slightly concerned about the uptick in those kind of stories. Uh, you know, agents sometimes you know get float all these stories around just simply to you know bid up the price. Uh, facilitate a kind of move. I mean, I'm not saying it ever works, but it's you know when you see a, a flood of stories. I'm not saying it's a flood quite yet, but there's a few different stories, different clubs. You just makes me slightly concerned. Paul. Yeah, it's I know maybe just a bit at the moment that the papers have literally got nothing else Aye. to do but, like but make up stories as well. But like a podcast. <laughs> Daily Record will have a two-page spread tomorrow on the nest starring Martin Cobston. Hi. The, uh, the, I, I just wonder, though, I, I haven't seen enough of Leicester, to be honest, under Rodgers. Uh, the story is a replacement for Vardy. Uh, does Vardy play as a one up front, Rem, for Leicester? No idea and don't care. All oh, right. right. Okay. He, he's been, he's been varying it. He's, he plays Vardy as a one quite a lot, but they, they, they quite frequently play Ian Acho as well. You know the guy that was at Man City yeah. that they signed? Uh, so they have, they, he has varied it a bit. He has played with a two. So, dare I say it, a bit like that brief period when we had Dembele and, uh, and Edward playing together. So, you know, he, he, he has been quite flexible with Leicester. Not that I've seen a lot of them, but I've seen Ian Acho and, uh, and Vardy play together a few times. Um, what do you think he's better in Rem? Is he Edward? Is he better in a one or a two? What do you What do you prefer him as? Uh, I think he's been he's played equally well in both. Um, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing is you know you're saying there's a, a lot of stories around, but no one has any idea you know when the transfer window is going to open or shut, and no one has any idea what the implications of the this uh, global crash will have in transfer values. So, I mean, they're, they're throwing around figures of 25, 30 million. Who knows if that will happen, even if a deal does happen. But Edward, can, Edward is that good. He can play in any system. Um, I prefer him in a two, Paul. I like him in a two. I like him where uh, yeah, it's going to be somebody that can, can blend with him. So, I don't know how... I certainly wouldn't need, I wouldn't see him at a club like Leicester, I mean, I know they're top six and all that, but he's good enough to play at a, a better club and a better level than that eventually. But I still, as we talked about before, I still, uh, leaving aside where we are just now, if it was a purely footballing decision, I would have liked to think we'd get another year out of him because he's uh, he's still young enough that he can, and he is still learning. You know, he's, he's very good, but he's, he's not the finished article yet. Um... Anyway, we'll see. You're dead right, Rem. I mean, everything's up in the air. Maybe a bit of clarity, although a couple of stories kicking around. Uh, there's a, Well, obviously the main one, which will come in a minute, is the UEFA. Uh, their working parties would sent off a couple of weeks ago or last week to come back with suggestions for completing the football calendar. Uh, domestic leagues and I think uh, all the European competitions as well uh, and all the European Championship qualifications. Uh, we'll come to that in a minute, though. But there's uh, two, two stories. One, uh, France. Paul, you, you spotted this one. Yeah, the, the French league have uh, apparently been approached by their broadcaster 
uh, I'll, I'll try to pronunciation, Canal Plus, who, uh, who are intimating that they're looking for their money back. I think they just delivered a €150 million Euro instalment on their TV deal, uh, but then the game stopped. So they've, they've in, intimated that they expect that money to come back to them, which is going to have quite a hazardous impact on French football and probably set some kind of precedent for how the other leagues might be looking at whether they get the season finished or not. Well, if they call the SPFL this week, I mean, Sky, I would imagine certainly BT will be asking for their money back, not least because Neil Doncaster was trashing them on some podcast I, last week. I, I think they've, they've definitely got a liability towards BT. You would imagine, and I think, Remy, you made this point last week, you'd imagine there's a deal to be done with Sky over next year's games because there's flexibility to give them more games, for example, next year or, or get them get them preference over what games they want, whatever. But BT are definitely going to... That relationship looks like it's crashed and burned after uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, discussion with Doncaster, etc. So uh, I would imagine that all that kind of stuff will impact on any SPFL decision. Um, you know, if we... Well, if we null and void the league, you'd have to, I mean, there's a case that you might have to give all the money back, but if you call the league, you're going to have to give back, well, what is it, you know, a quarter of the money? Because uh, there's a, well, it's less than a quarter of the season left, but, you know, you know some sort of proportion, uh, 20% of, yeah, the, of some the money. Of, some of that money won't have been paid yet. Yeah. So, you know, okay, some clubs might be budgeting on it, but again, because our TV deal is so low, it wouldn't, it won't have the impact that, for example, it will in Valencia, France, or Spain, or certainly England, where it would, you know, hopefully, you know, in England, the, the rumour is they're looking for over seven hundred million back if the season gets uh, ended as is without the games getting played. I would imagine that would be seven hundred. So I was going to say seven hundred and fifty million around the world because I, 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 you know, I know the American TV rights for the English Premier League, I think, were eight hundred million. NBC paid. An extraordinary amount of money. Um, so there, the, no wonder, that was the other report. Uh, again, you spot Paul's doing all the work, Remy, by the way. Uh, the English League looking to play games behind closed doors simply to, uh, as a way of fulfilling TV contracts so they don't have to give £700 million back. But it, it sounds... It sounds a bit fantastical in terms of what they're proposing. They're, you know, almost like uh, quarantine camps and Two locations in in England. I think they said Midlands and London. Which London seems mad, given that's the the epicenter of what's going on just now. But I, I did note. Uh, I think as we were talking about earlier, one of the things that they've suggested is that they might not even play them in stadiums because they've obviously got problems with potentially you know fans coming to grounds, mm-hmm. problems with you know having broadcasters there, having medical staff there. So they're talking about doing it in training grounds and in places like was it uh, St George's Park, their their national training centre. So, you know, I'm not sure how much a television spectacle that becomes if you're effectively watching two elite teams having a kickabout on a park, you know. Uh, but that's ninety two games they're looking to broadcast. There's ninety two games left and they're suggesting that they might broadcast every single one of them live. So how the hell they would manage that over two locations over, I don't know, what that's three, four games a day? Could you imagine? Uh, so ninety-two. What's that? That's forty-six games played in one park. Can you imagine the state of the pitch for the end of it? The uh, I, no. I would love. I'm sure I get pretty fed up with it after ninety-two games, but I would love to see 
Man City play Liverpool on a park with nobody there uh, and no ball boys. The players having to run for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> the, old, the old time wasting special, get oh, the ball and blitter oh, it. Oh, it. <laughs> I would especially love it if it was windy and the ball was blown away. <laughs> And Sergio Aguero had to run after the ball. It was a 50 yards past him. Oh, it'd be uh, brilliant. Uh, Aguero's clearing the goal and a dunk runs in and takes it <laughs> off him. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> um, so, so it all c- comes down to, and I, I mean, this has to be, I think, every league in Europe is waiting for this. This, uh, this meet, is, it a, is it another virtual meeting on Wednesday of the Ye- of UEFA? Is yeah, it, is that it's it is? a video conference. Video, a video conference. conference. And you can no doubt bet that Neil Doncaster can't watch Skype or Zoom. <laughs> so uh, they'll miss it. Yeah, they'll, they'll miss it. Uh, so they're going to have to decide on, and I think once that is, again, we're just th- three mugs with a Skype account. But, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be brainiac to work out that, you know, everybody's waiting for that. And UEFA are going to have to, I mean, they, they kind of, profess to be the, the quotes-unquote leaders of European football, well, at this stage they're going to have to provide some kind of leadership. Um, so we'll see. Um, we might have a, we might not have a good show today, but we might have a good show on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the show might be... Uh, anyway, uh, so other news. Uh, Rem, Scottish clubs piling in. Get this, get, get this over and done with. Yeah. Well, we knew it was coming. I mean, they all you knew every club was going to meet their March payroll, but some of them have, you know, some of the clubs have obviously gone early and intimated that there's problems down the line. You know, Hearts were first, I think. Then, then Aberdeen, then Hibs said there would be a problem, and then Motherwell have kind of said that they're okay, but it can't go on much longer. And a lot of them are out today saying they they want they want clarity and they want it fixed. And uh, you know it's it's going to have to. I don't think a lot of clubs will be able to meet the uh, the, the April payroll. The uh, Dave Cormack, I, I like this guy. Well, I don't until he starts slagging Celtic. Uh, he's the chief, uh, the the guy who bought uh, Aberdeen. He his quote is: "It would be good to get some clarity from UEFA and the authorities as to where we go from here." Everybody's in a difficult position. In an ideal world, with sport and integrity, we play all the games. That's what everybody wants, but the reality is, as the weeks go on, that that becomes really difficult. I think it's important for us to take put a stake in the ground as to when the next season starts. Is it the first weekend in August like normal, or do we say it's the first week of September? These things need to be answered within the next week. The sooner, the better. The authorities are in a difficult position, but hopefully they can come forward and give some clarity as to where we are. Um... Yeah, next month's going to be interesting in terms of meeting the payroll. I would imagine even Celtic might be looking at, you know, pay cuts or uh, deferrals or you know, certainly for the highest earners, you would have to think. Uh, and if if Celtic are looking at that, then goodness knows what some of the uh, less cash rich. Well, well, the interesting thing is, though, that Hearts aren't looking at deferrals. They're looking at cuts. I mean, I'll, I'll, the, the rumours. I mean, uh, rumours in England are deferrals, which you know means you're going to get the money back. But and Hearts went straight in with cuts, so they're obviously really struggling, um, and they can't be alone. Uh, yeah, the 
There's more. Uh, you can read it. It's in all the papers. Uh, the other one I noticed was uh, Stennis Muir. They're adopting my uh, my proposal. I don't think they specifically described it as my proposal. That uh, the big clubs, well, the big club really help the, the small clubs in some kind of way. Uh, did you see that, Paul? That story. I I saw it and. Yeah, I, I understand where they're coming from. Uh, if you're in a situation where you're you're all desperate, and I think we talked the other night about the the comparative payments that have gone out to the SPFL clubs in what they League League One, Stennis Muir League Two, so they're probably getting a few grand. Whereas Celtic got three hundred ninety-five grand in interim payment last week with Motherwell and Rangers. So I'd imagine they must look at that and think, well. You know, our need is greater than theirs. But I, I, we've talked about this already. I, 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 if there was a way we could, we could, you know, forego some money or, or chip in in some way, then fair enough. That's you know, it's part of being good corporate citizens. But you know, it's it's it, it just seems to be a default. It all has to be Celtic that fix it, and maybe it is. We're the biggest club, and and people do look to you for leadership, but. That's the bit the Scottish football seems to be lacking at the moment is any real leadership. Anybody that's just standing up and saying, right, this is how we're going to do it now. But equally, the minute Celtic try to show any leadership in Scottish football, they usually get an absolute booting in the press and I'm booting off the other clubs for doing it. So, you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, anyway, again, uh, as I say, uh, there's there's not much else kicking around. Everything is, is tied into this uh, UEFA meeting. As you're talking there, Paul, I'm looking through more stories. There's a, some plan kicking around some sources in UEFA saying that uh, just st finish this league, uh, finish this season at the start of next season. I mean, this is what I mean. You could be on a podcast for days just talking about various permutations of how, of how to get it done. Um, so I, I don't know what to say. I, what about that, Rem? Finish this this season at the start of next season? Then start next season in October the 1st well, or something? In an ideal world, yes. But how do the teams get to October the 1st? Yeah. You know, yeah. Without getting funding injections. Um, and I'm, I'm including, I mean, Celtic could get to October the 1st, but their cash reserves would be drained. Um, I mean, I know Celtic are taking deposits for season tickets this month, and that you know, that might, oh, sorry, in April, that might change. Nobody knows yet. But there's, in theory, there is minimal income coming in for the next few months. You know, the rumours, if you, you, know, you were talking about earlier, if there are games, they might be behind closed doors. So if they're behind closed doors, okay, they'll cover the TV money. But Celtic will be stuck with having to pay back season ticket money, possibly. So. Scotland, in an ideal world, we would finish the league, but I don't think we're going to be able to finish the league. Uh, and I think they'll have to call it pretty soon so they can distribute the money. And they'll have to probably decide on when they hope to start next season. And if they go with that, they have to plan how many fixtures will be in that season. So to make up any shortfall, winter break goes... Uh, you know, League Cup maybe goes, no Scottish Cup replays, whatever. You know, they need, they need to be creative for next season to make sure they can get it through. By the way, I'm just looking here on the Scottish Sun uh, website. That that story about starting the league, uh, finishing the league in August, right? This is a headline. Celtic and Rangers could settle title in August as UEFA consider new plan. What do you mean, settle title? 
Well, Kakic says he can still win it. <laughs> What are you talking so, about? He's, there, he's been affected by something. It might be sunstroke as well. It's been that good, but he, the, he thinks they can win it. Somebody sent a tweet there later. I wish I'd kept it just to read it out and to show because the, the, the level of stupidity involved in it is off the scale. But basically, it was somebody uh, you can probably guess which team he supported, but he was decrying the the, the lack of sporting integrity that would be involved in you know shortening the season and calling it now. So his answer was to play a one-off game behind closed doors just... between Celtic and Rangers for the title. And you're yep. kind of like, well, like, aye, didn't he cut the season short, but cut the season short and gave us a chance of winning it? I know. Aye, well, up well, as we got a 13-goal start, I would be okay with that. So would I. I'd take that. 13. Oh, we'll take it. Well, be fair, then. We'll take a 10-goal start. I don't know. Kench is refereeing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll finish it up. Uh, we'll keep it short today. The uh, we might we can't finish a show uh, after this momentous weekend. Dave King has departed the scene. Uh, we'll take this and we'll take this subject in two parts. Uh, one we can deal with the absolute crap. Uh, he can't run the club because of he's in isolation. So he obviously they've taken his the Wi-Fi off him as well. Um, so he can't do the oh, Zoom. Can keep an eye on them from there, but we don't know what the other one will be looking at. Uh, very good. Uh, the uh, what's the real story, Rem? Why is Dave King bailed now? Well, <laughs> well, he can say. I think this is about the only promise he's ever kept. That he, he can say that he'd said he would leave before the end of March. Uh, he said that at the AGM in December, I believe. Um, but. A cynical person might say that their accounts are due out by tomorrow night and they're going to be an absolute car crash. Um, they have not got the funding in place that the Daily Record assured every gullible idiot that was coming. Um, so now might be a good time to hide behind your uh, your um, secured gate, um, gated complex in Johannesburg. The... Uh... Yeah, plus his own personal business, the businesses that he has, whatever they do in South Africa, I, I mean, they are they've tanked. They were tanking yeah, before this. Everybody's business is tanking, yeah, right? But, so, so nobody's got the cash that you know, to throw. You know, who's going to throw twenty million into a, a bottomless pit with no sign of getting it back when you're everything you've got just now is already depreciating in value? The uh, you just wonder maybe there's there's been a whip round and he couldn't. He can pony up for the whip round, and that's 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 brought it all to, so brought it to a, to a head. I don't know, Paul. You're an you're a financial you're a financial expert, aren't you? Or not? Um, um, I wouldn't say expert, but I mean, even as a non-expert, <laughs> I know we joked about this at the time. But if somebody's coming out and publicly saying he's having to borrow a laptop off his pal, it probably doesn't say much for his buying power and his his, his ability to support a. a, a Huge loss making business alongside the other loss making businesses. Uh, I, I would agree with Remy in terms of timing. I think uh, he's the story of Dave King's tenure at Rangers has always been about well, I was so close to doing this and something happened. I was so close. We, we would have won the league, but you know, there's always a but. And this time he was so close to bringing in this mystery Japanese Twitter account investor, and it just all, <laughs> it all just turned. 
I'll turn to, to sushi at the last minute. <laughs> the uh, I saw something uh, that uh, he's uh, he's the Rangers equivalent of Fergus McCann. Can you just demolish that? For me? <laughs> ah, you're right. No, seriously. I mean, what's the difference between Dave King and Fergus McCann apart from probity, honesty? Uh, uh, Apart from solvency, the uh, criminal the record, a stadium, uh, no criminal record, uh, trophies. How, how far do you want to go back? Uh, go on. You get no comparison to Fergus McCann whatsoever. Fergus McCann also made money. That's right. Um, so, so apart from the no criminal record, a stadium, trophies, uh, f- financial stability. What else? Yeah, what else have the Romans done for us? <laughs> what else have the, uh, the Romans done for us? Uh, Paul, D- Dave King is uh, Fergus McCann. Uh, are you buying that one? Well, I, I think other than the Sports Direct bonnet that he's probably walked away back to Johannesburg, I know really. Uh, no, there's, there's nothing there. I mean, he's, he's getting clapped out the door uh, as he was clapped in the door, but they've done that way with everybody that's came in and, you know, either fleeced them or gave them promises that haven't delivered they, they, they see it they see what they want to see and yeah King <laughs> King's legacy he was slightly better than Charles Green well you know <laughs> there's one for the gravestone uh, no I think I think it's 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 a bit like comparing Morelos to Edwards you know what I mean it's, it's one of the ones that's just too ludicrous to even contemplate giving a proper answer to anyway uh, that's fair enough that's not a bad comparison but the big news is Alex Ray said everything's okay Uh, uh, Rangers are in safe hands under interim chairman Park I don't know is it Donald or Douglas or whatever it is Um, Douglas Douglas is the son called Donald uh, running a thriving motor business just now Actually, to that end, if anybody's interested and you don't follow the the Tribute Act uh, on Twitter, go and have a look at it. He's posted some interesting stuff about the state of the parks of Hamilton business. Uh, it doesn't seem to be going swimmingly well. Um, you can go and have a look at that. So, anyway, that's enough. Dave King, uh, alas, we knew him well. He's off to South Africa to do God knows what. And you'll probably, uh, probably welcome the privacy. Uh, you can you know what he gets up to won't be in su- such um illuminating public light uh any other business paul uh, that's it for me it's a, we'll, we'll keep the bombshells for tomorrow we'll keep the bombshells for tomorrow uh, given given the state given the state of this podcast we might have to find a guest for tomorrow uh, we, <laughs> we've done the bomb sites today not the bombshells uh, anyway uh, okay so just a quick reminder uh, we will, I promise you a really good show tomorrow we'll find somebody we'll find somebody to talk to um, so if you're a, a Celtic celebrity or a, or something Mark, if Martin Compton's around <laughs> he could do that I do know a Martin Compton I don't know a Martin Compton I'll leave him anyway no. did one of your uh, did one of your golfing superstar mates not not be available? No. Uh, oh, actually, I got a row. Remember Celtic uh, supporting golfers? Uh, I said St- uh, Stevie Gallagher, uh, Chris Kelly as well. Uh, St Andrews based Chris Kelly played the old course with him in the summer. Shot sixty four off the back tees at the old course. Very good. I'd never seen you did. Yeah, no, hey, that'll be right. Uh, no, he did. I was going to say, what did you shoot in the back nine? Aye, very good. Boom boom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, anyway, that's it. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. And just a quick reminder again, uh, our, as I say, we'll promise you a, good, a better show tomorrow. I, I keep saying that every day, Paul, but never deliver. <laughs> <laughs> keep the one and more. You've got the money now, Lawrence. Aye, sorry. that's right. Aye, that's okay. Um, how, is, how is that new, uh, new car, Paul? <laughs> the, uh, okay, uh, so just a reminder, if you, if you go... If you visit the Twitter page, you might see a, a GoFundMe link. As I say, if you've got a couple of quid, it'd be more than welcome for the foundation. If you don't, that that's fine. Uh, it's all good. Uh, uh, Remy, good to talk to you. Talk to you again tomorrow, Paul. Okay, catch you tomorrow, Paul. See you tomorrow, Ben.